Hey everybody, Chris here. You may know us these days as the Personal Injury Mastermind, but you've discovered our roots when we first started as the Rankings Podcast. I'm glad you're here. Over the years and hundreds of episodes, we've expanded our reach while staying true to our mission. We help you and your firm dominate the competition with insights from some of the best in the legal industry. You may notice that these older episodes sound a bit different. That's because we also embrace change and growth. I hope you enjoy this episode from the vaults and listen to a few of our newer episodes while you're at it. Thanks for being here. Let's begin. Welcome to the Rankings Podcast, where we feature top founders, entrepreneurs, and elite personal injury attorneys and share their inspiring stories. Now, let's get started with the show. Chris Dreyer here, CEO and founder of Rankings.io, where we help elite personal injury attorneys dominate first-page rankings. You're listening to the Rankings Podcast, where I feature top business owners, entrepreneurs, and elite personal injury attorneys. Speaking of elite personal injury attorneys, I have Matt Dolman on the show today. Matt is the president and managing partner of Dolman Law Group Accident Injury Lawyers. Their firm serves personal injury clients throughout the entire state of Florida with no fewer than 13 office locations. Matt is a veteran in the courtroom, having taken on hundreds of personal injury, wrongful death, and medical malpractice cases. He has received millions of dollars in settlements and verdicts for his clients, earning his lifetime memberships in both the Million Dollar and Multi-Million Dollar Advocates Forums, as well as countless other legal awards. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited to speak with you. It's always a good time. So yeah. let, let's kick things off. So how did you get started? Where did the idea come from to create Dolman Law Group? Um, so it was around 2009. Um, I was working for a board certified civil trial lawyer where I was learning how to try cases and take cases uh, to jury verdict. I graduated law school in 03. So working for my mentor, Mike Walker, and um, I always had the idea that I was going to open up my own show, that I want to be mentored by the right lawyer. And I felt at that point that uh, I had enough uh, contacts in the community. Um, I'd been marking myself for quite a while, you know, doing public speeches, uh, meeting with specific groups that I felt like I can open up my own show and at least have enough clients to work with. It wasn't going to be a busy practice, but I'd be a boutique practice. And because I was trying cases, you I mean, you could be the world's worst trial lawyer. If you're taking cases to verdict, you're better than 99.9% .9 of lawyers out there who do not try cases. So, and I don't think I'm the world's worst trial lawyer. So my point is that, that immediately puts you in front of other, put you ahead of other guys. And I was depending on other lawyers in the community to refer me cases back then to take the trial and litigate. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and also if the, I guess if the insurance company sees the firm they're going against, it never takes them to trial, they'll probably lowball them every time. Every single time. And at that point I didn't have a reputation. I mean, I was known as, um, I had a little bit of reputation with defense counsel. You know, I had been working as a, an understudy with a, another lawyer and I had actually first shared some cases over there, but I had yet to have my own firm. Um, so I didn't have a tax ID number that, you know, when the insurance adjuster puts that in, it shows a track record of a history of settlements and verdicts. So I knew that, you know, the onus was on me to take these cases and litigate them aggressively and build my own reputation in my own firm. Awesome. So, so what were the early days of the firm like so, launching your own shop? Um, I was a jack of, I wouldn't call myself a jack of all trades, master of nothing, but I was a jack of all trades in the office. I mean, I was doing every single task in the beginning. I was doing some of my own paralegal work. I had a, two staff members, you know, one individual answering the phones, um, doing a lot of the rudimentary tasks around the office, ordering supplies, lunch, uh, taking care of making sure uh, everything was there that we needed. Um, 
And one other staff member has taught me of all my files. There's so many files that I also was, you know, I had to get in the trenches and, uh, and I still am always in the trenches, but putting the files together, inputting the data actually in the computer. I mean, I was doing data entry back then along with having to litigate my files. So a lot of long days. Um, and as the firm grew and got bigger, I was able to afford more staff. But, you know, a, the old saying is keep it small, keep it all. It's never wanted to grow too big, too fast. Um, and looking back, I wish I kept it a little bit smaller, but I'm very happy with where we are at today. And uh, I'm able to focus on, you know, litigating cases, um, able to focus on my specific, the biggest cases in the office. I have a number of lawyers here. Um, one of whom is also board certified, civil trial law, another lawyer who's about to be board certified, and uh, a group of just really good, talented litigation attorneys. And we all work together very well, but uh, it's, it's, it's grown quite a bit. It's, uh, it's a lot different than the early days. Yeah, I was going to say. It was of... a bit more archaic. Was, you didn't know what was going to happen the next day, who was going to be there. If one person was out, you were stuck doing every last thing in the office. Yeah, I was going to say, instead of a keep it small, keep it all, make it big, take it all, something like that. Yeah, not really. The bigger <laughs> you get, actually, sometimes the less money you make because everyone gets paid before you do. Yeah, so what was one of those, you know, was there a particular turning point? Was it a big case? You got a, a nice settlement and that helped with the cash flow or was it a, was it a, a, a very strong hire? What kind of took it to that next level? Um. Well, there's one specific moment because, you know, you asked me that question. I thought about that for a while. Uh, I think it was a period of time by around 13, 14, 2013, 14. Um, we'd grown quite a bit and we'd had a number of big results of insurance carriers and we were starting to build a much bigger reputation. And I was noticing I was getting more uh, higher value cases referred to me by other lawyers. Because the best, the biggest cases are often referred to you, not just through SEO and search engine, which we've done a great job. We're going to get to in a few minutes, but it's also referrals from other lawyers in the community. And we were starting to see more of those. And uh, I was working on bigger margins. And that's basically when the firm started to take off. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so let's, let's flip it on the other side. So, you know, few successful business owners get to where they are without making, you know, some mistakes. Were there any mistakes that come to mind, which turned out to be a good learning experience? Oh, plenty. Um, you know, you shouldn't make hiring decisions until you're uh, busting at the seams and you can't get the job done. Sometimes we put the card in front of the horse and we brought on individuals before we really needed to. Uh, that's probably the biggest mistake that we made in the past. Um, I mean, there's mistakes in terms of work, the workup of cases and how we litigated. I never ended up in like a disastrous result. You're going to have zero dollar verdicts. If you try enough cases, you're going to lose. Just like you get enough fights, you're going to lose some fights. The, the person who says they never lost a fist fight hasn't been in many. And the individual who's never lost in court hasn't tried many cases. Um, it's, and especially where we are, it's a tough climate. We're in a very conservative jurisdiction on the west coast of Florida, where the east coast, Palm Beach, Broward, Dade County is a lot more liberal. We do litigate down there as well. And now that my, I have a second sister firm, we can talk about that as well. We're active down there. But this is a tough area. Um, yeah, I've learned a lot from all the battles. I've learned from every mistake that I've made. Um, although it never ended up in disastrous results in the courtroom per se, we lost this case because we're going to lose the case. But uh, I've certainly learned how to try cases in a more effective manner. We've learned how to litigate cases in a more cost-effective manner. Um, you learn who the best experts are by trial and error. Yeah, I love that. Continuous improvement. I mean, you got to make mistakes. The person that's not making mistakes isn't doing anything. Yes. You know, that... They're just ruminating. So, so let's talk about the good. What, what's a proud moment that stands out for you? Um, it could be recent in the past, something that just really stands out. Well, proud moments is us working together is, uh, you know, I started digging into my website back in 09. So, and you, you can obviously tell the audience this yourself. There's not many lawyers who are probably more astute about search engine optimization. It's, it's my hobby. 
um, where it's your life. And it has become my life because it is, you know, it's, it's a red bone of our practice, uh, if you will. I think by around 16, 17, when we became one of the top five personal injury law firms in the country in terms of search volume, and now we're the second most search firm in the country besides Morgan & Morgan, and apples to apples, we beat them for the most part in most of the key terms I care about. They just do a lot more mass tort projects, so, and also um, business litigation that we don't do, so they have a much greater array of keywords and terms they can rank for, but overall, what we care about, we're now really the most traveled personal injury law firm in the country. Um, so I guess around 15, 16, 17, when that really started to happen, um, I was able to laugh at some of my friends who laughed at me back in the day when they said, Matt, you're wasting your time with the internet. You're spending so much time. I can't believe you're doing all of this. You're putting a lot of your eggs in one basket, which I wouldn't say it's putting in one basket anyway, but we have a, you know, a, a diverse marketing approach, but yes, SEO is the biggest part of it. We don't call it SEO anymore. I call it SEM, search engine marketing and just digital marketing overall, your team and how we work together. And it's been a, it's been a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and guys, uh, our audience, so so Matt is a client of ours. I, I just want to mention, though, that, you know, he's receiving no consideration for for his answers. These are 100% oh. his own. Um, having said that, just what Matt mentioned, I thought the audience would, we would be doing a disservice if we didn't talk about SEO just because of how well you're doing. I mean, yep. you, you receive an absolute ton amount of organic traffic. And, and those of you that, that look at AREFs and SIMRush, we're talking 2 million AREFs traffic value. It's just an astronomical number. And that number is the equivalent of what you'd have to pay on a monthly basis to receive the same amount of organic traffic for pay-per-click. Um, yeah. so let, let's, SEM Rush has us at 13 million this morning. So, you know, and uh, yeah, I'm not being paid to be here. I'm not giving my opinion. Is Chris the only guy in the country that does this? No. Are there several elite guys? Yeah, but I put Chris in my top five easily. Chris is phenomenal at what he does. Um, listen, at the end of the day, content is king. We talked about that over and over again, and the proof's in the pudding. Um, I realized early on that I can't compete with the big boys, at least then I couldn't, on TV and radio, and still I couldn't go head-to-head -head with Morgan and Morgan in terms of television ad buys. But what I could compete with them on is uh, Google and you can't really, unless you're paying for tons of pay-per-click, which by the way, more eyeballs go to organic than they do to pay-per-click. And, but they, they, they work symbiotically sometimes and I can get to that in a minute, but you can't really buy your way into Google. Either you, uh, it's a game plan. You have to follow. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And we've, we're there and you can, you can compete with the biggest of the biggest on Google. It's, it's an even playing field, really. Um, I even taught some of the stuff that I do to others and some of the stuff that we do together. And uh, you can't, you can only lead the horse to water. You can't force him to drink it, so to speak. And everyone's looking for that quick fix, quick fix, maybe pay-per-click. And even that doesn't work that well. Really it's SEO. If you're willing to see it through and work on your content and let Chris and his team help you with building out the links, building out the content, because they do a great job with that as well. Um, building up the site, you really, you know, within a year, year and a half, you could really be a force to be reckoned with. It's much cheaper than television, radio, uh, billboards, or any other advertising medium you can think of because you can do it on a very small scale at $10,000, $15,000 a month where a TV ad buy is going to cost you thirty dollars to $50,000 a month. You really want to play with the big boys, probably more than that. Um, same with radio. And billboards yeah. are like $3,000 a pop, and that's more of a shotgun advertising that you're hoping that the individual goes by your billboard needs you at that very, month, very time because otherwise it's just branding. SEO is both branding and it really does generate leads right then and there if you're ranking for key terms. 
Yeah. First, thanks for the kind words. And second, yeah, it's, it's, it's not an overnight success. I mean, SEO no, is a marathon and it, it, it has this momentum effect though. Once you start to get more traffic and visibility, you start to acquire those links naturally. Uh, so just, just real quick hitter. Um, you know, let, let's just, let's just pick three things really quick. Um, what's your main recommendation when it comes to content? Look at what everyone else, you know, look at the top pages that are ranking and how can I do it better? I mean, that's, that's the first thing I look at. You know, there's so many fluff pieces on the internet, fluff practice pages, fluff blogs. If you really do a diligent job and, and do a deep dive into specific practice areas and build out what we call content silos. So, you know, your practice page and then have a lot of subtopics under that practice page. So for instance, you have a car accident practice page, then you have pages about Uber and Lyft. Um, so ride share cases and then texting and driving and the dangers of so on and so forth. What is uninsured motorist coverage? What does it mean to have full insurance coverage? Who is paying for my medical bills after a car accident? If I don't have health insurance, what do I do? What is a ladder of protection, which is not in every state, but is germane to Florida and several others? What is personal injury protection? I mean, these are all subtopics that link back to your practice page. And if you want to put the time into the blogs and make sure they're, they have to be in depth. I mean, they have to be over a thousand words like mine to be over 1500 words for the most part. Now we don't always follow that rule, but we do as much as possible. And uh, if you really put the time into the content and instead of just putting out a fluff piece and really work hard and make sure you're externally linking out to other really good pages, um, Google will start to look at you. I mean, they use artificial intelligence and see you that you are a resource page that you have really good information and then you'll, you'll start to rank. I mean, and the content all helps one another. It's very, again, symbiotic. I hate to keep using that word, but the common word today, Sesame Street's word of the day is symbiotic. It's all symbiotic. You'll start developing natural links. The pages all support one another and your practice pages will start to rank, but also your individual blog pages will rank. I mean, we have one blog page that went to hire a car accident lawyer that ranks in the top five for at least a hundred keywords nationally, like car accident lawyer, car accident attorney accent lawyer, accent training, I mean, different permutations of that word. So that can be done through your blogs itself. Awesome. Plus, that's it. When you blog often, I mean, it's the freshness factor. That's also Google looks at websites as to how often, and we, we go over this every day, Chris and I, and this is what we, this is my life and I don't expect most lawyers to care this much, but hopefully you will care a lot because this is your marketing. You know, it's the more often you're updating your website, the more often it's going to get crawled by Google. You're actually training Google to crawl your site more often. And, um, it, that works favorably for so many different reasons. Um, I can't stress to you enough how often you should be putting content out there and educating the clients. And the content piece should not be about you. It should not be about, you know, um, my qualifications, how long I've been practicing law, recent verdicts. I mean, that's nice to add to your site and that's great. But how do I help you as a consumer? How do I help answer the questions that you have? How do I help solve the problems that you're probably worried about? You know, who's going to pay my medical bills? What do I walk away with? What does it mean to have a contingency fee contract? How's that level the playing field so I can hire the best lawyers and not have to worry about coming out of pocket for that? I mean, you need to answer these questions and that's a really good website when you're answering the consumer's questions. I, I think if, if, any, if there was any segment that our audience could listen to, it would be that one on content. Because mm -hmm. content's going to attract the links. It's going to give you the opportunity to rank. You know, the other thing that I want to mention too is- But the big is, mistake a lot of people make is they just keep throwing out content. It's like, throwing up, right. throwing over the wall. And it's just, it's a uh, fluff pieces. It's very soft pieces. And they wonder six months later, well, how come my SEO guy can't get me to rank? Well, it's not just your SEO guy. And often it is, by the way, that whole industry is full of charlatans and I can get to that in a second, but most guys are absolutely just worthless. 
um, and you're paying these guys money. Some of them are even practicing lawyers in other areas of the country. I won't mention names, but you can dig for yourself. And they hold themselves out as SBO experts because anyone call themselves that and they just take your money and they don't do anything with it. Um, content really is king. If you, they wonder why they're not ranking. Well, it's because you're putting up a bunch of fluff pieces and they're not really answering anyone's questions. And you can't just write for the search engine. You have to also write for the consumer. If you write naturally for the consumer, they will, it will rank. Write for the consumer. Don't worry about writing for the search engine. You know, your SEO specialist, whether it's Chris or one of the other three or four guys in the country that are top flight, they're going to help you build the links. They're going to help uh, with the title tags. They're going to help with the H1, H2 headers, which is, I know I'm getting really into the weeds now. And this is things that most people should learn what that is. But uh, that's, that's what Chris's team is there to do and optimize the page. Write good content. You know, try to answer the question in depth and answer as thoroughly as possible. Yeah, you got to answer consumer intent. That's what Google's trying to do. Google's trying to serve the user the best query to answer their intent. So if you have a long, thorough um, article that that covers that that query in depth in in the different manner of ways, then you mm -hmm. have the best opportunity to rank. If you if you just cover maybe one part of it, they're going to go to a different page to get the get their answer get their answer. Yeah, most of people are window shopping. Yep. And the other thing is, you know, that those signals, well, what can Google do? Google can't look at the smile on a consumer's face. They can't see the emotion. They can't understand if they're happy. But what they can do is measure the amount of time that a consumer stayed on the page, which mm -hmm. is if they were engaged and they read it, you know, looking at average time on site and those types of metrics. So yeah, the on-site metrics are everything. So what you're going to see is most consumers are not going to stay on your page long. I mean, they're shopping, but you're, if you're doing enough content and you're answering very specific questions rather than constantly saying Clearwater personal injury lawyer, Clearwater Boston personal injury law, Boston accident lawyer. If you're getting into the weeds and actually answering questions about what PIP coverage is, how does it affect me? What insurance companies are paying favorably in this you know, specific geographic region, which are the worst? These are questions consumers are asking on a regular basis and you're gonna get five or 10 people a day who are gonna stay on that page for six, seven minutes, which is gonna prove your on-site metrics, which is going to, all Google cares about is returning the best result for the search query, right? So they want to return the best result. They're trying to be, that's what they use artificial intelligence for. And how they show that? Well, does a person bounce off your page during the first three to five seconds? That's your bounce rate. The longer they stay in your page, these on-site metrics show Google that that is a page that's actually answering the person's questions because they're staying on that page for an extended period of time. Be thorough because you're going to get several people a day who are going to read the entire article and that's what's going to lead to your stats going up. That's going to increase your rankings, but also... You're going to get what's called long tail search terms. There are terms that are just germane to that blog itself, um, such as answering those questions we just discussed. And those are the individuals who are more likely to convert. Those are the people who are more likely to actually select you. Otherwise, you're just trying to rank number one. So we do for terms like Clearwater Personal Injury Lawyer. Those don't convert really that much, though. It looks nice. It feeds the ego. But those individuals are more likely to do much more window shopping. They're not actually going to your site to answer a specific question. They're just going to look at your site real quick and look at seven others and select whoever they want to select. And you do have a chance of converting those. It is important to rank for those terms. Far more important to long tails. Those are going to convert. And we see it. Proof's in the pudding based on what we're converting every single month. Yeah, I'm not just saying anecdotally, I'm not just saying you're bullshitting you and telling you, hey, this might work. You know, academia, these are theories that, you know, you read these search engine pages is what you should be doing. I'm telling you, this has worked. And um, I can show you, uh, you know, example over and over again of what has worked for us. I'm happy to talk to anybody about what we've done. Yeah, and I, and I couldn't agree more, Matt. And, and I just want to mention, too, that when you create this middle funnel content that answers mm -hmm. consumers' questions, 
you're going to get inbound links. It's much more difficult to get inbound links to your practice area pages because guys, they're sales pages. Nobody wants to link to a sales page. They want to link to an article that provides information and, and is helpful and statistics and things like that. So just want to Which make also that. makes your link profile look a lot more natural as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Matt, I, I think. What other guys are doing out there is they're paying for uh, spots with specific authors or specific articles. And that can help you a little bit. It certainly helps your domain rating. It makes you look stronger. But really the best links are the ones that are deep seated inside your website to specific uh, pages that are likely to convert. The ones that are likely to convert are not your practice pages. They're your actual blogs. They're the ones answering the questions. Because everybody has a practice page that talks about, well, car accident lawyer and is what I do. And, you know, car accident keys are not all the same. And car accident lawyers are not all the same. It's the same crap in every single page. It's all really is your blogs that answer the questions. I, I agree 100%. And, guys, if, if your content passes a copyscape test and it's 100% unique, that doesn't mean it's unique in terms of Google's eyes. Maybe it passes a plagiarism test. But yeah. Google has to, it's going to filter out all this content that's sourcing from the same location. So you have to get creative and, and think about how you're going to create a piece of content that's different, that it's not already on the web. And that's, you know, take a look at some of the content on, on Matt's site. And that's why they're performing so well is because they're structured differently than everybody else's articles and how they're, and how they're written. Um, Matt, I, I think that's like a master class, this little segment right here in SEO on, on its own. Uh, yeah, now, I can we should do that one day and just talk for uh, an hour. I mean, I, I can go into a lot more detail on case examples on the site. And if we can do a screen share, I could take individuals through what is worked on the site and what hasn't worked. And a lot of what hasn't worked is before we hired you. I mean, we were writing a lot of fluff pieces. Um, it's a lot of crap. I mean, you, you got to also, another thing Chris's team worked on is uh, trimming out the fat. We got a lot, got rid of, when well, I'm speaking fast, we got rid of a lot of pages that were low performing. Um, that really weren't doing much for us because eventually after a while you'll start to realize how many times can I discuss texting and driving. So we have to eliminate and consolidate some of those blogs into one and get rid of the low performing ones. And what we often do, Chris and I, is go back through the old blogs that are actually performing but not ranking in the top five or ten for keywords or a search or a portfolio of key terms. Never get hung up on any keyword. So it's a portfolio of key terms. And then we go back and how do we make that page much better so that now we can all of a sudden, it's a lot easier to take a page that already works but now it doesn't work great or work, you know, it's not elite and make it to a lead page. Cause it's already working. You already have links built to that page. It's clearly getting eyeballs. There's visitors to it. It has on-site metrics, but it's not in the top five for a specific search term or, or portfolio terms. Now we improve that page, add more content to it. Now Google's going to crawl it again. Now it's the freshness factor. It's getting updated regularly. You want to take your top pages and update them regularly. Yeah. So that, that's what I was going to say. I think that's where many attorneys go wrong is they'll, they'll create their car accident lawyer page and they're like, Oh, I'm done. I'm going to go write this other article that gets 10 searches a month. And I'm never going to go back to that practice area page. Wait, you're not done. You need to constantly improve it because Hey, your yeah. competitor is going to make changes. They're going to make their page better and you need to get it recrawled. So all those things help. Um, it's just, yeah, and if you start ranking, everybody else is focusing on your page and how can they outrank you? So you constantly have to change your page up. But more importantly, the other issue, you're, it's not that you're missing, there's only so much time, but everybody wants to spit out more content and it's fluff pieces too. But it's great to, to spit out more content. If you hire Chris or somebody else, you're going to have them help you with content. That's important to keep putting out content. I can't stress that enough, but at the same point, you want to go back to the content that's already working. It's where everyone misses. You keep putting out more content. Go back to the ones that are already working or showing up anywhere and make them better. Cause it's hard enough to get them to rank. They're already ranking. That's half the battle. Now let's make that page better. What, 
what are the top five, 10 sites doing that I'm not doing? Where are they getting links from that I'm not getting links from? That's Chris, what Chris' team will do for you. But what content, what questions are they answering that I'm not answering? What are the common variables between the top five, 10 sites that I don't have? And you can use uh, analytic devices like SEM Rush or AREFs, and I can walk anyone through that. And obviously, Chris can walk you through a lot better than I can and show you how to use those pages. Yeah, you got to upgrade That's, that's how I hold Chris accountable. It's how I see what he does because I can look at it and uh, proofs in the If I can show my screen, I mean, proofs in the pudding, I can show you what I rank for. It's, it's there at least 100 pages on my site that have at least a value of $5,000 in AREFs, yeah, which means I'm ranking for a ton of terms. It's I incredible. Have, four pages right now that are that exceed $150,000 in value. I mean, that's, it's, it is incredible. Yeah, it definitely is. And that's CM rush. We have four pages that exceed a million dollars. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And it's, it's from constant continuous improvement upgrades, all those things that we talked about. Yeah. Uh, Matt, let, let's shift to, to personal development. Um, what are, you know, to, to come to, to be where you're at now, Thanks for taking me out of my comfort zone, by the way. I'm comfortable talking about SEO. Now you want to talk about me. <laughs> yeah. What, what about, uh, are there any mentors or coaches that, uh, that come to mind um, that help develop your, your progress? You talked about, uh, you know, working for the firm when you started and then kind of. Yeah, Mike, Mike Walker was a good mentor, but more in terms of uh, now my skills. Um, I have a lawyer in my office who's board certified civil trial lawyer named Dave Neiser, and he runs litigation at this firm. And um, he is, uh, I wouldn't call him a mentor per se, but we work together on a lot of cases. And I certainly learn a lot from him. Um, he's incredible as craft. He's always trying to improve, which motivates me that uh, a guy who's in his um, mid fifties, who's tried over a hundred cases, the verdict is still trying to improve his craft. It's not just set in his ways. Um, in terms of marketing, I mean, I look up to you. I, uh, and not just you. I mean, I read every single blog I can read in search engine world. Um, yeah. Let's talk about that. Different, what, different what are, what are some of the SEO guys. blogs? I read Moz regularly. So I, I look at their whiteboard Fridays. I go on, um, I look at some of the content SEM rush puts out. They're putting out a little bit of content now. Um, a reps also puts out a little bit of content here and there. Same with agency analytics. Uh, but I look at search engine world pretty much every day. And then I'll also, uh, go on to like Twitter and I'll look at what are the articles that are trending on, you know, if you put in search engine or SEO or search engine marketing, and I'll take a look if there's anything new. And then Chris knows this full well, because then I'll throw him an email halfway through the day because I'm king of non sequiturs and I'll just start bringing up some issue without any transition or, you know, introduction. And he'll, he'll know that I looked at something because why am I bringing up this question? And yeah, so I try to stay on what are the current trends, what's working, what's not, um, what are the latest updates at Google local, what's going on with Google, my business, is there anything I need to start focusing on? Are there issues that are being flagged? What are we doing about spam? I mean, spam is like the biggest issue with Google local, all these fake websites or lawyer referral services who are not real law firms, but are jamming up to Google local listings and just different issues that, that keep popping up on a regular basis. They're germane into SEO. That's great. I mean, those are a ton of great resources, guys. If you want to learn SEO, I would start at Moz. It's, it's got a great beginner's guide to SEO. You can it start does. there. That, that beginner's guide is phenomenal. And it's even like for guys who are more advanced, you can go back there and some of the fundamentals or questions you have. It's like, it's really like a thesaurus for and dictionary for SEO. Absolutely. Anything, anything you have a question about, sometimes I go back there and look at some of the stuff that I never forgot about. Guys, and we'll link those up in the show notes too for you. Yeah, Matt, one, one final question here. Is there anything that, that you want to talk about that we haven't discussed? My ears are natural. They're naturally this big. They look like a cab that left the doors open. I'm not a good looking guy. Uh, I don't know. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> no, 
you gave me crap last week on uh, my COVID hair, and now I'm wearing a hat, guys. So, but yeah. <laughs> That's why I have the short hair. It makes the ears stand out more. Guys, we've been talking to Matt Dolman, elite personal injury attorney at Dolman Law Group. Matt, where can people go to learn more? Elite. That's a, I appreciate that. I, wouldn't, I don't know if I call myself. I'm very good at what I do. Elite. Uh, thank you. Um, they can go to www.dolmanlaw.com. Thanks, Matt. Always. Pleasure. Thank you very much, Chris. And really, I do mean this. It's not, I'm not getting paid for this. It's an endorsement for Chris. I don't care what Chris thinks. I love him. I mean, he, the job that rankings.io have done for me, uh, Chris and Steve Willie probably is a much nicer guy than Chris. Chris is a great guy, but Steve <laughs> Willie is really the nicest technical guy that you'll ever have. You have a problem with the site, um, any issues that need to be looked at. Uh, they've just been a phenomenal team. You know, what, how I knew that you guys were decent from day one was that you were the only group that didn't promise me anything. Every all these charlatans will say, oh, I'll get you the top page or you're not ranking for this. You probably get those emails once a day in your inbox where it says, uh, hey, John Doe, you're not ranking for, and they'll just give you whatever weird terms out there and tell you that your site's not doing anything proper. And then they'll tell you all these promises of what they're going to do for your site. That right off the bat is a charlatan. Another way to know if somebody's a charlatan is they're just making promises off the bat of what they can do for your site without actually knowing the infrastructure, without actually being able to see and have access to the back end of your website. If anybody's telling you what they can do for you without actually getting back end access to your site and just off of looking at it on AREPS or SEMrush, then they're full of shit. I'm sorry to curse, but that's the truth. Um, and most SEO guys, and I can give you a list of like the, who the top three, four guys are. And obviously I'm going to endorse Chris, but there's some other great guys out there. Most of the guys out there are charlatans. We have wasted money with a number of guys and I could talk to lawyers throughout the country that have wasted money with different companies and they spend 10, 15, $20,000 a month. And they look back six months from later and we look at it and they don't have any links pointing to their site, but they have just a couple of generic links. And it's like, what did they do with your money? Jesus. Like they took all this money, but you have no results. Well, Matt, thanks for the kind words. I'm going to, I, I really appreciate it. No, I, I, I appreciate it so much. And, um, and it's just been a pleasure having you on your show. Thank you so much. Take care now. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for listening to the rankings podcast. We'll see you again next time and be sure to click subscribe to get future episodes.